You want so bad to be a speaker, but you're having trouble getting paid to do it. Is there another way to speak, make money, without having to compete with the big names for the main stage? Let's talk about it. RK3 show with your main man Robert Kennedy the third RK3 that's me the place to be I feel like I haven't said that in a while at least not since well yesterday <laughs> anyway what's happening in your world what stories are you telling and why haven't I heard them yet no seriously why haven't I heard them I'll tell you why it's because you haven't told me let's fix that holler at me head over to robertkennedy3.com forward slash Voicemail. That's robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. I want to hear your voice and your story. So today I'm in a giving mood and I wanted to give you something. Several years ago, I wrote this book called 28 Days to a New Me. And it was a book about habit forming and transformation. I did a second edition last year because I was asked to put them into a university to help out with a program there. So I wanted to share that second edition with you. And today I'm giving it to you for free. Okay, I'm giving it away for free. Here's where you can go to find it. Bitly forward slash 28 days book second edition. I know that's a lot to take in. So head on over to the show notes and you can find the link there. That's right. The 28 days book second edition gift from me to you. All right, let's jump into the show. Today's episode is a twofer. Yes, this is part one, and then you'll hear the second piece in the next episode. It's really important info. If you want to make money in the world of speaking, my rock star guest today is Jamie Swindell. He is amazing in the world of contract training and has some really great ideas about how to make money without being a main stage speaker. Jamie has a story. Let's tell it. Jamie Swindell. What's going on today, Jamie? What's up, my friend? Glad to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So glad you could spare a minute off the road, off the off the airplane, hanging out with us, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> my pleasure, man. I love talking to people and helping them create a better lifestyle. Well, I'm glad you said that word. I want to start right there. I was checking out your site. I was checking out YouTube, a few different places, and you've got this name, Mr. Lifestyle. Tell me a little bit about that and where it came from. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know how spiritual your listeners are, but I'll just keep it real for me. (laughs) I was in the shower one day, and I hear God best in the shower and when I'm in the tub. That's probably because I'm not moving around and I can listen. He probably talking all the time, but I'm busy doing stuff. So I'm like, I'll talk to you later. (laughs) But (laughs) in the shower, he got my full attention. And I asked him a question. I just say, listen, God, um, could you just share with me in a kind of a succinct, short kind of way what my purpose is? You know, like, why did you create me? What 
is it that I'm supposed to be doing? Mm. And he said very clearly, he said, Jamie, I created you to empower and to equip people with the right tools so they can create the lifestyle that they desire and they will call you Mr. Lifestyle. Wow. I was like, oh, that's hot. <laughs> that's exactly what I wanted to hear. That's amazing. So I jumped out the shower real quick. I wasn't even done taking the shower. So I got to write this down. So I jumped out the shower, went to my notepad, and jotted that whole thing down. And so all my businesses have been created from that mission, which is how to empower and equip people with the right tools so they can create the lifestyle that they deserve. So everything that I do in business is about giving someone a tool, right? right. Christianity is a tool. Being able to understand why God created you is a tool. Speaking is a tool. Motivation is a tool. Any products that I offer, any DVDs, audio programs, whatever it is that I do is a tool to empower you to create whatever the lifestyle is that you desire. It's not about me telling you what you should do. Is giving you the tool so you can create whatever it is that you want. So that's where Mr. Lifestyle came from. So you just said a word that I want our listeners to really hear. You said the word businesses with an ES, extra ES <laughs> on the end. So what does that mean? That means you've got multiple things happening. Tell us a little bit about your businesses. Well, the, the Bible says that you should have uh, seven streams of income. Eight would be even better. So my goal has been to get eight. I'm not quite at eight. I think I'm at five or so. Um, So, of course, I do speaking. I do contract training, which is a little different than just like keynote speaking, but I do that as well. I also coach people on how to become a speaker or trainer. So that's three right there. Uh, Number four, I also uh, help people become entrepreneurs. So I teach people how to start businesses, whether that's speaking or not. But whatever it is, how do you find your gift, your purpose, your passion, and then build a business out of that. Because if I've I've learned that if you're working in your purpose, then it never feels like, you know, you're just going to work. You're just going to a job and you're like, oh man, it's eight o'clock in the morning. I can't wait to five. Oh my gosh. It doesn't (laughs) feel that way when you're working in your calling and your gifts. So I help people find that gift and then create a business out of it. So that's what four or five, Even before you enumerate all of them, let's back up just for a second. For those that are spiritual, you just kind of gave a lesson. And, and I know people want to dig a little bit deeper into that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a, I've been going to church all my life. I haven't <laughs> heard that. Where do, where, what part of the Bible is that? Where, where do I find that information about the seven streams? Of <laughs> That's good. If I'm not mistaken, it's in Ecclesiastes, but I, I'd look up the actual scripture. Yeah. Um, but yes, it was the, it, it's, it's talking about how it says you should cast your bread in the morning across the sea and spread it out in different places. Don't just put it all in one ship. Cause what if that ship sinks? Right. Mm. So cast your bread amongst the sea and then it will come back to you in numerous ways. So you should have at least seven different ways to get your bread, your gift, your service, your opportunity out there. And then it will come back to you in various ways. So wow. the, the short, the short part, the, the cliff note version is don't put all your eggs in one basket whether that's one business, whether that's one job, whether that's one anything. You want to have multiple ways to get your bread, to get your gift out into the world. And then God has more ways to bring the blessings to you. So it doesn't have to come back through that one job or business because you never know 
which thing is really going to take off. I mean, think of it like a, a farmer. There's many stories in the Bible uh, utilizing farmers because at the time that was the Bible was written in an agricultural society. So there's so many references about planting your seed and trees and things growing. So the Bible says you want to be like a farmer and sow your seed. So you're going to that gift that you have, you want to throw it out there in many different ways. And notice the farmer doesn't care about where the seed lands, right? Mm. Whether it's going to fall on stony ground or fertile ground, he's just going to throw it out there. And he knows the more seed that he sows, that the, there's a higher chance of getting a harvest. So right. the more you can get your business, your ideas, your thoughts out there and a variety of different mechanisms, you have a better chance of producing a harvest. So I want to bring an, even another lesson to that. What you just said, we you talked about sharing the seeds as well, but the other piece of that is 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 the giving, is the giving, is is the giving out because I've heard and I hear a lot that businesses develop when you have that mindset of serving or you have that mindset of giving, and a lot of times because we've got bills coming in, because we've got we're we're looking to grab and get as much as we can. And instead of just focusing on the, the planting of the seeds and, and sharing that. So I really wanted people to hear that, that piece of that lesson as well. So let's focus just for a second on that, what you just mentioned, but in a different way. So I, I've run across a lot of people who they say they want to be in the speaking industry. They want to be speakers. But the mindset or the picture that they have is Tony Robbins on stage, Les Brown, Eric Thomas, Zig Ziglar, Nick Vujicic, all of these people who are keynote speakers. But what you're telling us and what you're sharing is that there are more profitable ways or there are different ways that other people can do this. So so share with us a little bit about how you've built your speaking or your career uh, utilizing speaking in some different ways. Sure. So one of the many ways that I speak is through something called contract training. Mm -hmm. Now your listeners may or may not be aware of this particular type of training. It's more of a a niche. And one of my mentors taught me years ago, you want to get rich in your niche. So if you, if you try to just speak generically or generally, then yes, now you have to compete against the Tony Robbins, the Zig Ziglar's, the Les Browns. And these people that have been doing it for 30 years. They're well-established. They make tons of cash to, to speak. And so if you're just getting into the business and you want to try to go head-to-head against Tony, <laughs> it's not going to end well for you. <laughs> Tony's been crushing this thing. Um, so there's something called contract training. Now, what this is, and I kind of stumbled on it by accident. I used to be an electrical engineer. Mm. Uh, I used to work for Johnson & Johnson up in Philadelphia, where I'm from. And I initially became an electrical engineer because I didn't like people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is hilarious. <laughs> I, I grew up in a pretty you know, tough part of Philly um, where I've seen people get beat up and robbed and shot at and you know, all kinds of terrible things. And so I thought everybody was dangerous. Everybody's out to get me. Can't trust anybody. Everybody has an ulterior motive. So I grew up being very fearful of people, always angry, ready to fight. Just, you know, I just, I didn't like being around a lot of people. And so I thought, listen, when I grow older, I got to get a job. I need to find a job or career where I could be away from people or have limited exposure to people. 
So I thought engineering would be great because that way I can work with computers and wires and stuff all day. And I don't have to worry about the wire trying to rob me. I don't have to worry about the computers trying to do a drive-by. Okay. So I thought it'd be safer for me to go that route. And so went to school, got my degree in electrical engineering, landed the job with Johnson and Johnson, great company, fortune 50 company. I worked in a computer room where I managed their computer network. Anytime there was a problem with the network or server or something like that, I would be the one that would be helping the other guys, you know, make all that stuff work. And all that was great. It was wonderful. It was cool. But I realized after a while that I wasn't really happy. Like I was, mm-hmm surviving i was paying my bills um my parents were very proud of me they loved telling their friends my son's electrical engineer you know he works for johnson and johnson so it brought a lot of joy to them but it was just kind of like just i didn't feel like my my soul wasn't being fed right if you can relate to that but it's just like just just kind of going through the motions you know going to work getting breakfast going to a couple of meetings, <laughs> waiting for lunch, Yeah, had a lunch break, a couple more meetings, do a couple projects, wait for the afternoon break, a couple more meetings, can't wait to 4 o'clock, 401, I'm out, deuces. <laughs> I started parking backwards into the parking lot, so that way when it's time to leave, <laughs> I have to worry about trying to figure out how to back out. I'll step on the gas and I'm out. You know, that was it. So I was – just not happy, not being fulfilled. And one day I'm sitting at my desk and I'm just praying. I'm like, God, you got to show me something, man. This, this just ain't working. I'm just not, I'm not happy right here. Right. And again, I don't know how spiritual your listeners are, but I'll just keep it real. Cause that's, that's how I am. God, Christ said, if you deny me, I deny you. So he's not going to deny me. Um, so, <laughs> so I was uh, sitting at my desk and I clearly heard God say, it's time for you to leave. Clearly. I didn't know God's voice at that time, though, so that scared the mess out of me. I really thought I was going crazy. Like, all right, you hearing voices, dude. You know, it was something that you ate for breakfast. Something ain't ain't jiving with your stomach, you know what I mean? Because I look around, nobody else budging, nobody else moving. So I'm like, nobody else heard that but me? All right, I must be losing it. So let me just put that out of my mind, right? So... I ignored it. A couple hours later, I heard it again. It was stronger. Um, and I knew this time nobody else heard it. It was really just me. Again, I'm, I'm concerned because I'm like, why am I here? I don't know how to process this, man. This just seems real weird. It's time for you to leave is what I heard very clearly. Right. I still ignore it because I'm like, I'm an engineer. I have no money saved up. What am I going to do? Nah, I'm really bugging. I'm bugging. I ain't have enough sleep last night or something. Something ain't right. So I ignore it. A few hours later, the voice comes back and it's strong this time. It is like God was screaming at me. It's time for you to leave. So that night, I go home. I cause I, I'm 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 jacked up because I'm I'm a as an engineer, you learn to be logical, right? You gotta. Yeah. Save a certain amount of money, have your living expenses taken care of for the next five, six months in case you don't find a job or a business or something. You want to already have your next thing lined up. You want to have mentors. Like all this stuff you should have before you leave your job. Right. I go home. I pray. Oh, my God. Um, 
I think I heard you talking to me today. You told me to leave my job. That doesn't make any sense. My <laughs> parents will have a fit to hear that the son just left his job because he heard voices. <laughs> I can't tell anybody this. They're going to think I'm losing it. So can you please, like, give me a sign or something that I really heard from you or what? And he was quiet. And so I just, I said, all right, well, listen, if, if this is what I'm supposed to do, like, guide me. If, it's, if I'm not supposed to do this, then, like, shut this thing down. Don't have me make a fool out of myself. And so I started researching, you know, how do you write a resignation letter? Because I had none of this stuff planned, none of it. Right. Found some templates, type one up. The next day, I see my boss come into his office and stop him. Hey, listen, can I wrap to you for a second? He said, yeah, give me a couple minutes. So I went over and said, listen, um, it's time for me to leave. And here's my two-week uh, resignation letter. He was like, what? What's wrong with you? You okay? So yeah, I'm fine. He said, are you sure you want me to do this? Because if I turn this in, there's no turning back. And inside, I'm like, no, I'm not sure. <laughs> not at all. I think I'm losing my mind. But on the outside, I'm like, no, nah, this, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Inside, I'm like, I think. I don't, I don't really know. But it just sounds weird. He's like, okay, this is what you want. You know, there's a lot of people that's waiting for your job. Engineer, good salary, you're young. Say, I know, got to do it. So long story short, I left J&J. I started speaking in Philadelphia school system to help kids find their purpose. Because when I was praying, a guy showed me what I was supposed to be doing next. What he said to me was, what do you love to do so much you would do it for free? What do you love to do so much you do it for free? And when I looked at what I was doing at J&J, the thing that I really loved to do in my job was train other people. I was the one that would volunteer to train new engineers when they got started so I could show them the ropes. And I loved helping them do something that they couldn't do beforehand before they met me. Right. So that turned me on. So I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll get into training. So I thought, well, where can I make the biggest impact? Well, let me make an impact right where I live with the kids that, you know, may may or may not be going the direction they want to go. They may not know what they want to do for their future. If I can help them find that purpose and start working in that purpose and create a business, a purposeful business where they can really excel and expand their passion, what kind of goodness could come out of that? You know, I believe we have the next, you know, cure to cancer sitting right there in our, in our high schools and elementary schools, the next person that can create some rocket ship that goes around the world is sitting right there in the high schools. Let me try to help them tap into that. So they don't think they have to go to college or they have to go a certain path, but the world is their oyster. And so, so let that's me ask you, did and eventually- you're in, you're, you're kind of in this space where you're starting to speak to kids in schools. And this sounds a lot like, a lot of motivational speakers are the beginning of their career and, and people know they want to speak, but they're not really clear. So you're talking a little bit about purpose here. They're not really clear on my goodness. What am I supposed to say? What, what do I need to share with people? What did you do and what do you do to begin to find clarity? Cool. So when I left J and J, I'm asking God, what is it that what, what is it I should do? And he, he kind of pointed me in the direction of speaking. So just like you asked, I asked, well, what should I speak about? What's going to be my platform? What's my message? 
And really what I heard from him and others is find a problem, Mm -hmm. find a problem and then speak to that problem. What is that thing that you see out there that irritates you? What frustrates you? What causes you to stay up at night? What, when you see it, it, it does something to you. You can have a physical reaction to it. And for me, what it has been and still is to this day is watching people go through life like they have no power. Mm. They go through life like there's some lost pussycat, right? Just blaming everybody else for their situation, for their circumstance, for their lack of money, for where they are in their life. And they just whine and whine and whine and don't do anything positive about it. And right. see, instead of going through life as a pussycat, I believe we were all created to have dominion, which means to rule, to reign. We're like the king of the jungle. We're the lion. God has right. given us so much power and purpose and passion. You know, he's given us so many things that we can tap into to really make the world a better place. I don't say that as a, as a cliche, but I really believe it. I believe right. that you have a gift. I believe each one of your listeners have a gift. And if we were to just operate in that gift, the whole world would be a better place. Well, what do we normally do? We go after something that can pay us some money. Right. Regardless if it's our gift or not. And we're like, okay, I got to feed my family. So let me just take this job and just work on it for 40 hours a week for 40 years to retire on 40% of what I could not live off at 100%. And I'm never happy the whole time. Wow. The only time I'm happy is when I'm doing some kind of hobby or I'm with my family. But as far as my professional life, I'm not happy. I don't expect to be happy. I'm just going to suffer through it so I can pay the bills. Wow. I don't believe we were designed to live that way. Wow. And so I wanted to speak to kids to help them find out what is that purpose, that passion. So if they can work in that, again, the problem, the problem is, Kids going through life and, and, and not knowing what they want to do, getting into crime, not studying well to get into college. They're just kind of dangling out there, hanging out with the fellas, smoking weed, crack, whatever, doing whatever, because they're not really tapped into their purpose. Right. I mean, I wish if I could do my whole life over again, if I could have found my purpose earlier, oh, man, I could be further along. Right. Yeah. But it took a while before I could figure it out. So I figured if I could help them find that purpose sooner then the sooner they can tap into it, the sooner they can build the business, the sooner they can get the results, the sooner they can make a, a difference on the planet, the sooner they'll be happy and doing what they really want to do, which will reduce crime, which will reduce frustration, and which will elevate what we can do as human beings as a collective. So that, that, that became my mission. So to answer your question, what do, you, what do you speak about? Speak to a problem. What wow. problem do you see? around you in your community what problem do you see in your profession what problem do you see in your family what problem do you see with your neighbors with your church what is the problem see the the best problem solvers make the most money right right what 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 concrete steps can you give people so you're saying they should identify a problem and there's some people that they kind of look around them themselves and there's just so much stuff that they become overwhelmed. So just pick one. Just pick, so one. Saying, just pick one. Just pick one. And then you start building a, a, a platform or a speech around it. Yep. And then halfway through, you're like, I ain't got nothing else left. <laughs> I, got, I got about 10 minutes of a talk. 
and I'm exhausted. I don't know what's up. Then that's probably not the one you want to talk about. So right. if, when you really pick a problem that's a hot button for you, people won't be able to shut you up about it wow. because it's so much. You have so many beliefs on it. You have uh, so much desire to make a difference. You could talk for hours on that particular subject because it affects you like that because it bothers you. You know, maybe it's dealing with, you know, kids being abused and sex trafficking that's happening today or the problem with the border and migrants and immigration. And maybe it's just dealing with stuff in your own community and your own ethnic background or how people are treating women versus men and men, women not being paid as much as men. And all that. there's so many problems out there. Just pick one and you right. can take on multiple problems. Right? Just pick one first. Build a story, a talk, a speech, or something around it, and then that'll probably lead you to another one. So wow. you might be talking, like for me, for example, initially it was all about kids and speaking to the youth, helping them find their purpose and their passion. Then one day, one of my friends came to me and said, "Hey, have you ever heard of contract training?" Mm-hmm. Nope. I mean, I, I mean, I, well, I said, I said, I said, no, I have because anytime I speak. There's a contract that's signed first. <laughs> I'm going to speak for this amount of time on this topic, and here's where you will pay me. And right. until that contract is signed, I don't speak. So, yes, I understand contract training. She said, no, that's – you sign a contract, but that's different. Contract right. training is this niche industry where there are companies out there that will do all the marketing to get people to come to different seminars, Right. On all kinds of topics from communication to leadership to management to computer stuff to HR to speaking, whatever it is, whatever, whatever topic someone needs to learn to be more effective in business. There are these companies put seminars on to teach people how to do that. The problem is they don't have enough speakers and trainers that can deliver those topics. So their marketing is better than the amount of speakers they have to fill these seminars. So they actually look for speakers and trainers to do the seminars for them. So they do all the marketing and then they hire people to do the seminars. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 show. Hey, y'all, I just wanted to remind you to go back to some previous episodes like the one on introverts making great speakers or creating your signature story. Once you listen to the episode, please leave a review. It helps more ears hear the show. And now back to the show. I know. I know. This is great, huh? Well, guess what? There's more. Log in to the next episode to hear the rest of the interview. Hey, y'all, don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff. Your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3, and you've been listening to The RK3.